Welcome back, folks, to our pandemic COVID-19 crisis leadership series on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Margaret Wong from McWong International. But before we get to that conversation, Greg and I would like to take some time to tell you about the original supporter of this show, Greg, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's right, NAILD. That's what brought us together, what brought this show out, and excited to bring this to you guys. So go to NAILD.org. That's NAILD.org to join our association. But for right now, we're going to talk to Margaret Wong. Hello, Margaret. How are you? Hello, Michael. Hello. Good. Nice to see you. Um, Greg, say hi to Greg Eric. Hello, Please. Greg. <laughs> hi, Margaret. I was Long say time hi to no myself. see. Yeah. yeah. Good to see you. Well, it's, you know what? It feels like a lot longer than it was, Margaret. Um, and so it's been, uh, it's been a, a, a much different time now than it was when we last met. When did you realize that this COVID-19 crisis was a leadership issue for you at McWong International? Well, we started to feel um, the crisis right before Chinese New Year, which is about January 23rd and a few days before the Chinese New Year, we already got the, the, the message about China is uh, in crisis. So um, on one hand, we already prepared for the Chinese New Year uh, because every year that, you know, China is kind of closed down because of the Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. So um, so we're expecting to close down for maybe 10 days. Mm -hmm. So, um, but before, you know, the Chinese New Year, we realized that this could be more than 10 days. Hmm. And when did you, when, when, when did it occur to you that it was time to do something about your supply chain in China and that there was going to be ongoing issues? Well, you know, since the Chinese New Year that this thing, uh, this crisis is going on and we heard a lot from the news, we heard it from our factories, our suppliers and, and, uh, and uh, this is something that's going to be extending beyond the Chinese New Year. And then we knew that um, the, you know, our supplies uh, will be interrupted uh, at least, you know, after two months, two weeks after the Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's becoming really the climax uh, towards the beginning of February. Um, and uh, everything kind of shut down and, um, and uh, our factory could not be able to, you know, uh, restart. The workers are not allowed to come back, and some of the workers are from out of town, so they have to have all these uh, quarantine so that they just cannot be able to get on to their normal life. And our factory since then um, has been off for, for weeks and it's not just our factory, the whole supply chain from mm -hmm. the shipping logistic, from the, uh, components, from mm -hmm. the workers, from, uh, everything. So it was a nightmare uh, during the month of uh, February for people uh, like ourselves that we do a lot of procurement from China for mm -hmm. our lighting components. Um, even though we are very ready in the U.S. at that time, you know, because we do some sub-assembly 
in our own facilities in uh, America, uh, but the whole pipeline has been uh, stopped for now, many how, weeks. How is your factories doing now? Are they back up to fully operational, partially operational? Where are you at in terms of that? Uh, yeah, the good news is um, the virus was kind of controlled well, and uh, so the factories are basically coming back. Um, most of our workers are back. There's still some of them are dribbling in, but I think that uh, both of our factories are actually already uh, gearing up and producing products. Now, that, those are your lighting factories. How many factories does the McWong Group have in China? I think you said it was six or seven, wasn't it, when we went to see you? Yeah, we have um, other factories that relate, not related to lighting, but the lighting side is we have two factories. Two. Are any of them in Hubei or province or near Wuhan at all? Uh, no. Um, one of our factories is in Shanghai, and the other one is Zhangjiang, which is in Guangdong province. And Shanghai, of course, is being infected, but uh, is not as heavy as in uh, Wuhan. And Zhangjiang, you know, uh, surprisingly, the, the infected um, uh, uh, people are very not much. So we're, we're lucky. The Zhangjiang factory is mm -hmm. uh, is much less than Shanghai, and uh, so they're doing okay. It's this this COVID crisis has an interesting thing to it. It seems that some places seem to be much more affected than others, and um, like New York, for example, um, parts of Spain, parts of Italy. Um, and then other parts that, you know, like Toronto doesn't seem to be nearly as affected as New York would. And Toronto has a, you know, a huge Chinese population in it. So it, it's interesting that different areas of China and then different areas of the United States and Italy seem to be affected different, differently. When did it become a problem for you in terms of business and then with your people in the United States, Margaret? When did you realize that? Well, of course, everybody knows that um, the virus is starting, you know, had already started gearing up in U.S. and obviously is affecting us from the U.S. side. And, uh, you know, to answer your question, there's a lot of them, uh, you know, why some cities are more cases than other cities. You know, my guess is, is number one is the density of the city. And number two is how the government officials is enforcing you know, the quarantine, you know, how serious um, this is becoming the, the city, you know, government to determine. Mm -hmm. And thirdly is always, um, I always say the culture and how much the people that in that city would like to abide to the rules. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them are very much, you know, abiding to stay home and don't go anywhere, but some of them may not, you know. I've seen some of these, um, you know, clips from city of Florida. I mean, a city in Florida. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not that abide to uh, like people in Seattle. I don't know. I mean, it just is the profile of the people mm -hmm. and the density and as well as the government, how they're going to enforce it. Now, mm -hmm. you know, from the lighting perspective, um, I think this is going to be a big game changer. Um, I think that um, game changer in a way that, you know, I still, our company in the lighting, you know, uh, suppliers, you know, supply chain, uh, we consider what we're doing is uh, still what we consider is essential business. Mm 
because um, lighting is very important in this in this uh, crisis time, especially trying to support the infrastructure, the lighting for the hospital, the lighting for transportation, the lighting for safety, the lighting for um, a lot of these governments, uh, you know, enforcement. Um, so. You know, we got multiple letters from our key uh, clients in United States and requesting us to continue, hmm. continue our supply chain, continue to maintain that qualities, continue to be able to provide a just-in-time delivery. So hmm. we, as much as we want to buy to that shelter program, we, our staff, you know, in China and also in the United States, a lot of them are still working at home, working in some of in the office to maintain that pipeline. Mm -hmm. Because in normal time, you know, of course we have to do it. In a difficult time like, like what we are getting, um, there's a big need for, our, for us to, to do what we need to do. So um, I... I always say that um, lighting is an essential part of our life. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, when I say it's going to be a game changer, not on just lighting, but in many, many different aspects of how we could be able to fast track uh, the supply chain in any possible way. And that I'm learning. Oh, our team is learning a lot. You know, how do you fast track? What are your backups? You know, how could you be able to inventorize in a way always have a factor of how you're going to catch up with these kind of unknown time? You know, a few weeks ago when I saw you, everything was so peaceful. Yeah. We learn, we all get, you know, taught and, and learn the fact that life is so fragile. And things mm -hmm. can change so fast without any one of us to do anything. It's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. It's crazy. So has this caused you guys as a company to consider potentially manufacturing more in the U.S. or, or bringing over parts of that that you can do here to make your supply chain faster, as you mentioned, or your inventory move quicker? Well, the supply chain inventory planning is one mm -hmm. thing. The backup in from in China that you know whether or not the backup is is more inventory or more of the components ready or to be buying from places other than China um, and also if we need some fast you know track freight you know what are we going to be doing and what kind of cost factor this are all going to be in our in our roadmap in the future to tackle to combat i call it combat these kind mm -hmm. of unknown factors that nobody can anticipate who would guess who would guess the virus will cost us this kind of problem but it will in a big scale is uncontrollable so um I, trust me we're learning yeah and so one I think thing it's, that, yeah, yeah go ahead oh, i was going to say i think it's inevitable that more and more places in fact it's about 2 15 central time march 25th right now the governor of Minnesota is doing a live conference right now. I don't know what he's saying, but I've been told he's going to make us shelter in place starting on Friday, March uh, 27th. Yeah. So April 10th is what I've been told. Now, you yeah. guys are already in that. Uh, you have that order in effect from the 17th until the 31st of March. Is that correct in California? Yes, as of today. 
So yeah. I think it's April, not 31st, but I don't know. I think it's April okay. 7th or something. Mm -hmm. So what what have you guys done differently in terms of, of your, your business? What are you, I know you said you're staggering the shifts a little bit. Is that what it is? People are still coming in, but in, in shifts or how are you doing that? At well, I, I have to say that we are in a lucky sector of the business. You know, we're not in the retail, yeah. we're not in entertainment, we're not in hospitality, and these are practically closed, okay? Mm -hmm. um, we're lucky that China is due producing. We're lucky that the freight shipping is ongoing. Um, you know, so, you know, through the internet and through all these technology, we were able to allow our staff to work at home, still processing mm -hmm. paper, still talking with our factory, still talking to our client. Um, we have staff that, you know, our warehouse is still open here because we do have shipment going out. So, um, we are still operating. It's not like you're a restaurant. Nobody come to your place to eat and you just shut down. So mm -hmm. this is not shut down, got affected, but you know, our business is moving on because we considered our lighting segment of the business is an essential business. Mm -hmm. It's a business that even though, you know, the requirement you got to stay home, we do allow our staff to stay home only when it's essentially you need to come back to the office to do certain things. Okay. So we, we are, our business is ongoing, but we have question, which is very interesting question is our clients, you know, in the early part of February say, well, how am I for sure that the shipment you're coming in are not tinted by virus? You know, even though yeah. it's shipped in China for 30 days, um, they're questioned that saying that you know, if you don't deliver on time, we're going to penalize you, uh, all these things. And uh, now this is the vice versa problem. You know, <laughs> we we got our shipment <laughs> ship, but we don't got pay on time. Yeah. That's you know, there are other many factors. Why is it that we got our shipment came in, but they don't take the delivery because this side of the assembly lines that got affected. So let me ask you about that in terms of, uh, you You have been an advisor, you're not a politician, but you've been, you've been an advisor to politicians. You shared that with me that you had taken a trip with uh, Governor Schwarzenegger to China. Um, you have the great picture with the thumbs up on your wall. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what would you say? We, I was, you know, we've been talking to you know other leaders about this in terms of the financial package, the two trillion dollars almost. That is a lot of money. Like Canada's GDP is two trillion, is under two trillion American dollars. The entire GDP of our country. Okay, so this is a this virus is generating a massive stimulus package, the likes of which has never been seen in the history of the world. Okay, there's nothing like this. This is five times bigger than the crisis of 2008 TARP and all that stuff that happened then. What would you advise? I mean, how would you tell the politicians going in? And my question is a little bit longer than that. Actually, it's more convoluted, I think. Going into this crisis, there was a lot of weak lighting companies. Okay. There was a lot of companies that were drained after 10 years of LED and all this sort of stuff. And now this package is going to come out. And... How would you advise the politicians to disperse it? Or how would, would you say, let the strong survive in the business community? Would you say, 
like how would you advise them well you know you know that i live in the city of sacramento and sacramento mm-hmm. is the capital city of state of california okay. and so there are a lot of you know government you know, politician, you know, lobbyists in this town. So I got the, the the opportunity to know them, meet with them, and especially when we're in the global trade business and all of that. So I'm lucky to be in the city and, and learn a lot from the government side. Now, today, the $2 trillion economic stimulus plan uh, being approved is amazing. I mean, it's amazing how fast it get approved. It's amazing that this is never unheard of in such a short time that this kind of dollars coming on board. Now, I, I still do not know the details of these um, of this package, but I listened to the radio this morning. They said it's number one to, for, to help all the unemployed employment, all the loss of the labor, which is very much needed because there's a lot of people running out of money to pay the bill. So mm-hmm. we got to fulfill that. You don't want to have a riots in this country, you know, bang run in this country. And secondly, is supporting all the healthcare systems so that they can save lives. And I think that's very important because otherwise the fear, I call this is right now is all about the fear of the people. Mm-hmm. The fear mm-hmm. is going to go viral, you know, gonna, it's going to go um, wild. Fear, and then, fear is a virus too. It's a virus. <laughs> and I think this the biggest virus right now is the fear. Mm. The fear for everybody have never came across with this, you know, in a third world war, people would bomb you, but this one, you don't bomb, you just have to hibernate it, you know, <laughs> and you're going to set a wall, you know, so that you just bury yourself rather than mm. go and bomb somebody. Um, mm. This is all new to everybody. So mm. I think the healthcare system is so important. And thirdly, they were saying the money is going to help the all the small business, which is the backbone of the economy. Mm-hmm. So the small business, you know, including ourselves, and we are suffering, you know, mm-hmm. and and so they do need help. Otherwise, the whole economy is going to fall apart. And fourthly, which is I heard, is the government system. The system with police, with with all of the enforcement, with all of these infrastructure, you know, that has to go on because they can't stay at home. These people need to be out there to help. So I myself think this is a fabulous uh, uh, um, idea to move forward. I think that in order to at least to get the fear of the people, the fear of the stock market, the fear of the supply chain, the fear of the buyers, this package is basically saying you United States, the politicians say we're there to help. Okay. Mm. Now the million dollar question is how are you gonna execute that? Yes. <laughs> and I think at least you can have a comfort zone of kind of reduce your fear. But I think that um, is the comfort how you're gonna execute it. That's gonna be very crucial. You know, they um and how is it going to help and whether or not this really help the bottom line of the economy is all about the execution. Mm-hmm. And um, and I have been getting multiple phone calls, a lot of contact from the government, from the private sectors about, you know, bringing me some respirators, some of these um, 
you know, masks or gloves, whatever you can get from China. But luckily, because we do know a lot of the producers in China, so mm-hmm. we were able to immediately help in trying to get their supply chain going. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just is the benefit because we do business in China for so long and you just have a shortage sure. in here. So they have to go through, we know, you know, the, the UL listed and all these C product and all that. So we learn a lot from them and we're helping. So to answer your question is, I think this is this is good. This is the way to move forward. If I have to advise the politician, it just is. Um, I, I support that program. I just you just need to be executed properly. Mm. Do you think this whole effect is going to drastically change the lighting industry in the future, or do you think it's going to kind of go back to normal? Where do you where do you think what's going to happen? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because my <laughs> staff and I we were talking about. <laughs> We're in the business of sensors and controls and, you know, that how you're going to manage the uh, the power supply so that you can save energy, you can, you know, have ease of life. I think that because of this virus problem, you want to have less touching. You know, whatever you do, you oh, want to have. Sure. Get rid of light switches everywhere. No That's a good point. That's switches. a good point. Something I didn't think about. Yeah, no. Right. Sensors, are, sensors stop the spread of germs for sure. Right. For and sure. I think that, you know, the data analytical that what we're doing is to be able to control the movement through the lighting. Lighting, as I said last time to you, is lighting is a hop. Mm-hmm. Is a hub that could monitor a lot of things. The monitoring. Hey, what I wanted to ask yeah. you, the number one question was, with IoT, okay, mm-hmm. you're in, in like forget about right now. Right now, I have a, a regular watch right. and an old phone, but right. at some time in the near future, maybe five or ten years, this device is going to know my temperature already. Right. Yeah. Right. It will know right. whether or not I have a fever. Right. It will know whether or not I've been coughing. Right. You know, it will know what my, my health is like right now. And the right. watches and all these electronic devices, the IoT, that will be able to be the backbone of a healthy interior environment, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, from the and I think that ball, is yeah. the payback. Mm-hmm. That is the payback we've been looking for. In, in from IoT and from this Bluetooth mesh is not about so much about energy savings, but it's a, a message of, hey, you can't come in here unless you've downloaded this app. Mm-hmm. And we know you're like the, the, the IoT will alert us if you have right. a, a if your temperature is high or if you have a fever or if you've been coughing. You don't have to self-report. We already know. And right. I think that's this health crisis is going to create the kind of laws that allow the distribution of that kind of information and make it possible. Absolutely. That's going to be the payback, Margaret. Absolutely. Because I always say the IOT, the wireless, the sense, the Bluetooth is going to, going to be widely adapted, adopted because of this situation. But I want to go back that, that the lighting is always to me is the hub. Lighting is the hub because everywhere you go, you got to have lighting, okay? Mm-hmm. So I would like to use lighting to be the hub 
of doing these things to talk to your phone, talk to your wearables, talk to anything that will, you know, not only controlling the light, but also measure your temperature, to be able to tell you the data, to be tell you how far people, you know, six foot apart, whatever, where is coming, how is it getting the security side. Um, yes, the IoT, the wireless, the Bluetooth, the lighting being the hub, it's going to be the future. So this is what emphasizes. The civil liberties mm -hmm. see, before, this is why I told Greg um, about a week ago, I said mm -hmm. to him, you know, Greg, this marks an epoch. There's, go there's going to be pre-COVID and post-COVID world. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. Like mm -hmm. there's going to be pre and post. So 9-11, we had terrorist attacks before 9-11, but then mm -hmm. there was that event and everything after. We had SARS in Toronto in 2003. And we had MERS and Zika virus and all these things have come out. But there's going to be pre-COVID and post-COVID world. And I think our civil rights are going to be, I don't know what the right word is. There's going to have to be a, um, a way that they look at this and decide what the correct way to deal with the civil rights issue is. But once they have it, then I think it's open to IoT. I'm getting a little bit of feedback on my end. Are you guys hearing that in the background? Yeah, a little bit, but I'm okay now. A little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, me too. So, um, yeah, so the uh, I think that there's going to be that question, but I think now we've forced that conversation. And so the government of the United States has to be the leader, and they have to come out and say, this is what you're allowed to know and do with IoT, and this is what you're not allowed. Mm -hmm. And once that's done, I think... I think you have the payback that everyone's been looking for, Mark. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, the po the pre and the post, you know, COVID-19 is, is something that uh, we're looking at. Of course, we're in lighting business. And another, you know, aspect that we were talking about is the ultraviolet lights, you know, mm. so how we could be able to utilize uh, the ultraviolet lights to be more in general sense to kill germs, to kill virus. Um, and also the IoT, you know, the sensors, you know, how we can be able to sense things, how we're going to be able to use it besides light is to be able to talk with the lighting, you know, the, the hub um, is, is going to be, you know, a lot of that is going to be developing in the future because of this crisis. Hey, as we were talking, I got the announcement right here on my phone that we are in Minnesota now, stay at home Friday at midnight through April 10th. Uh, bars and restaurants close till May 1st, and students will learn at home until May 4th. Wow. Just like that. 20 minutes, wow. man. <laughs> wow. So it's now law, huh? I got it's some May planning 4th. to do. Right, yeah, right. for sure. Well, I was planning to go to Hawaii on May 19, but I think that now Hawaii said it's 14 days, you know, uh, uh, uh you know, you have to be 14 days mm -hmm. uh, quarantine, yeah. quarantine. So um, even in the United States, you still have to quarantine. You know, Hawaii is, 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 is part of the United States. So. Sure. <laughs> let me, let me ask you something. So you're a Chinese American. Are you, you're an American citizen. How do we like, how do we keep cooler heads prevailing here in the relationship between the United States and and China and how do they now? I mean, I, we're all lighting people. I'm asking you, but I'm I'm just I asked Elision the same question yesterday. Um, you know, as another Chinese American, how do we keep the conversation to one that's appropriate and honest and fair about 
about this situation? Well, what is your advice? Well, I always use the word that um, uh, we got to start eliminate this uh, no, no border. You know, we got to have no border means that there's certain things that you can't say because you're Chinese or you're Americans or you are German. When you get into this issue, like the virus issue is, mm-hmm. is, is a world issue. Mm-hmm. There's no border, you know, meaning that are these virus coming from China or China is, it should be penalized for bringing the virus here or, or what. I think this is something that, you know, the whole world need to understand. Nobody wanted to have this happen. It's not like the world war that somebody going to shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. It's just that this is, is, is happened. Is nobody fought. Um, nobody wanted to have this happen. You know, you look at Italy, so sad, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I would say the first thing is, you know, you can talk about politics, you can talk about trade, but when you get in the virus situation is, um, to me is bodiless means that everybody have to take care of each other. And instead of pointing fingers at each other, um, it is so funny that funny is not the right word. It just, I couldn't believe that, you know, two months ago, um, Chinese was, was fighting to get all kinds of masks uh, from United States, all kinds of respirator, everything they can get from United States to ship it to China so that they can save some life in China. And then two months later, or maybe a few weeks later, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. And it's the opposite. We here in the United States is fighting to get as much supplies as possible from, from Korea, from China, and shipping it back. Some of these products was bought in U.S., ship it to China, but they because there are more supply now, they ship it back to the United States. Mm-hmm. So this really tells us that, that um, it doesn't matter what which country that you are in. It is when we need each other, we just help to help each other. And um, this virus is really doesn't matter whether you are black or you're white or you you're Asian, whether or not you're rich, you're poor. It's just putting us together. It's not just viruses that are unaware of imaginary lines that humans draw on maps. Those mm-hmm. are imaginary lines. Right. Like along the 49th parallel between Canada and the United States, the animals, the water, the air and the viruses, they don't know that there's a line there, actually. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's it's something that humans have to realize that we have created these um, metaphysical structures, in a sense, and that Mm -hmm. while we can trade based on this, these structures, other things in the world are not aware of them. And viruses are one of those things that don't care and are not aware right. of borders. And there's right. no way, I don't think there's a way to avoid it. I mean, the, America and China are kind of married to one another now in some mm-hmm. bizarre way that mm-hmm. they can't, they can't decouple. Right. They can't decouple from one another. Right. Well, I agree. And I think it's just that how you want to be able to take care of the guidelines, the rules, and, you know, we all have to abide to, you know, I'm sure that there are time over time, you know, that um, people, you know, we think differently and, and so on. But I just see that there's a calling that God is, you know, having this virus is to be able to tell each other that we need to work with each other. That's how I see it. I agree with that. Margaret Wong. 
McWong International, thank you for being a guest on the Get a Grip on Learning podcast. Thank you, and thank you. I appreciate it, and I am really very enthused that when you guys call me, you guys are always on the grip. You know, you guys are on the grip <laughs> with the lighting, on thank the you. grip with the updated news. It's just very, very, very nice to talk to you again. Thank no, you so much. It's our pleasure. Thank you for yeah. taking the time. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay safe. Yeah, for sure. If you're out there listening to this, don't forget about where it all started, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Go to NAILD.org. And hey, while you're on the internet, you can check out McWong International as well. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye-bye.